Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. Tell you, man, you leading the league in hydration. I got a dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to Under the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. i got Katie Flower here. I am Chad Parsons of UTHDynasty.com, home to over 250-plus premium podcasts, got a trade calculator, and uh, we're going to be starting a series this week uh, for the next month. We're also going to mix in some training camp, preseason stuff as necessary, and also talk about some positional trading in your dynasty leagues. But this is going to be about how to win your 2022 dynasty league series, and we're going to start with the quarterback position this week. So you can mix in some start one talk, super flex, two quarterback. It is an open road where we're going to discuss each position in depth, specific players, situations, things we're looking for, and also just tactics and tools to help us win and dominate in our respective leagues. So Katie, we're shifting from first to third gear to fifth gear. And uh, there's there's a lot to unpack here. We'll see how much time we have to talk some specific trades uh, at the end of the show. That'll just be a uh, fill in the fill in the fuel tank up to full if we need to at the end. But what are some some big things that you're thinking about for for 2022 now for the quarterbacks? Well, I love uh, this discussion. I, I don't remember the guy's name. I think it might have been Gallo, Steve Gallo, maybe that had yep. the the big write up on quarterbacks several years ago, where you know illustrating that a quarterback doesn't make as big of a difference to your success of your fantasy team one way or the other as most people think. And so with that in mind, the study was a start. The study study was a start one, like specifically it was 2015. And yeah, like I talked to Steve specifically, I met him a few times and, and yeah, it was, it was really opening. The one thing just to put the one thing was when they said, uh, when he said you more than half the time, the team that won still won if the quarterback scored a zero. So the gap, and I think part of it, it was a quarterback isn't as important. You think B you also have one player on your team isn't as important as you think. And then the other one was that these matchups aren't overly close. The number of times you lose by six points, point one, like you hear the stories. It's kind of like you think everyone's life is perfect on Instagram, right? Well, because that's because you see the highlights. They're playing the hits. You didn't see them Tuesday through through Saturday. You just saw the the great beach walk they went on on Sunday, you know, and then the, the and then they went to brunch. That's what you saw. Oh, they're perfect. Their life is perfect. So I, I think that a lot of times you overstate, um, you know, we, we think of the close losses, but look back at your scroll. I'm sure a lot of the leagues were not decided by five, 10, 15 points. And that means quarterback didn't matter that much. Right. And, but yet everybody wants to have that comfy quarterback, at least one in a start one. And, and that's where it can be dangerous, especially in redraft leagues. If you're drafting, uh, I always say wait as long as possible on quarterback and redraft because there isn't enough difference. And you can always find a streamer, a late round gem, and then pick somebody up off the waiver wire with start one. Obviously, it's quite different in Dynasty, especially when you start getting into the deeper formats and Superflex. But to the point, if the deeper that you have a starting lineup, 
Like if you are required to have 11 to 13 starters, that's going to change completely from if you only have to have nine or 10 starters. And that's when uh, quarterback really, again, still, I don't think it will have as big of an impact. Yeah. And that's where you almost need to have a look. Now, when you're just starting a league, you don't have these data points, but maybe you can do an estimation of what's the lineup going to score in this format. Is it 120? Is it 180? Is it 300? You know, well, like you said, it might be juice scoring. You might start almost double the amount of starters as you would in a more shallow format. So if a quarterback scores 25, but your team scores 175, that's a bigger deal than 25 versus 125, you know, or or 25 versus 250. Even if you're doing super flex, like you start, you have to start doing the math and saying, well, the quarterback position, even with two guys, is only going to score 20%, 15% in some extreme cases. Um, I'm going to go back because I don't think we're going to fixate on one quarterback for that long. But the, the two main points I wanted to, to notate were A, I'm really sensitive to roster spots at quarterback in a start one. I think you've said it many times. Make sure you know what's on the waiver wire. This could be redraft. It could be shallow dynasty. That if you're going to have viable, they don't even need an injury. We're not talking Tyler Huntley here. We are talking, you know, is Davis Mills, uh, you know, with 18 man rosters in a start one, is he on the waiver wire? Do you have four or five legitimate starting NFL quarterbacks on the waiver wire? Are there only 18 to 20 rostered in your league? I'm pretty sensitive in that scenario of not having a second quarterback being free free to stream, find the next option, play a good matchup, drop a guy on a buy, all these situations, unless you roll lucky seven and you have someone that really has panned out in a major way and chasing upside. Because we already said, you know, I mean, QB eight through 20, there's not, or 25, there's not that big of a difference. It's not tilting matchups. It might affect one matchup for you in two months. So I, I just think, and you're going to be playing matchups and moving around the dial. So really seek that upside. That's where I would take bigger shots. If it was, even if it was shallow dynasty and a one quarterback, I would not, you know, FFPC style or something, I would not be super allegiant and locking in and drafting, you know, with, with a higher pick or being aggressive or just having that mental connectivity and commitment to a certain quarterback. I think it locks you in. It's that, uh, What's it called? It's it's called like price commitment. Uh, oh, sunken cost. So that sunken cost emotionally to drafting a quarterback in the eighth round of your startup at QB twelve. I mean that makes it tougher to move on and stay stay mobile, and that might get you to rostering three guys when you really should only be rostering one. So I would keep all those things in mind and really seeking upside. A lot of times that's the more mobile quarterbacks, but. If it doesn't work out, just move on with mu musical chairs to the next guy because, and I think people freak out, oh, it's a one quarterback. I'm going to fall behind everybody in my league if I'm starting one of the bottom quarterbacks. Like if Baker Mayfield's the week one starter for Carolina, it, and, and it, it's a, it might seem like it's a punchline that you're starting him against Josh Allen, but we've already outlined it doesn't, if, it doesn't affect as many matchups as you think. Just put a guy out there that can be serviceable. And that's a worst case scenario. You're probably not going to be in that situation. That's pretty extreme. Well, and it's pretty funny. In, in one of my start one, I, I'm in a lot of super flex and dynasty, but I do have some start one. And I think I have like Matthew Stafford as my main guy, or it might be Justin Herbert. I've got a really strong, decent, solid QB one. 
my QB2 is like Sam Darnold. And I keep getting these trade offers from a new guy that just took over an orphan. He keeps trying to sell me Russell Wilson. You need another, you need a good backup quarterback. For what? No, I don't. Then he's just going to be taking up a spot on my bench. I'm going to start my other guy most of the time, unless there's a bye week or unless he, for some reason, gets injured. And then I'll just pick up somebody off the waiver. If Sam Darnold doesn't win that job over Baker Mayfield, then he probably won't. But uh, then I'll drop Sam and pick somebody else up. But I'm and you have time. And you have time. Of- you have time. If you have someone else you're starting, you have time to a bye week or an injury that it's not pressing now. It's probably not going to be pressing in week one or week four. You have plenty of time to to do that. And and the opposite of this is also true. You get three quarterbacks. Like if you start, and we say this around rookie draft time, you just go, oh, best player available. I'm taking Trey Lance. Best player available. I took Justin Herbert. Best player available. Like if you do that every other year. By the time you get to it, you can balloon to three, four quarterbacks. And guess what that other owner is doing to you? They're trying to offload. They have too many quarterbacks, probably. So let me trade Russell Wilson. Let me, and you have to trade for a fraction of what they're worth to a team where they only have one quarterback. There's more value there. Or zero quarterbacks. Justin Herbert has an immense value. But if you have three and they're all pretty good, there's no value there. The market is dry in a one quarterback most of the time, very cheap. So the, the exit angle is tough. And that's why you have to think of the entry angle because it, what's the exit? Well, I got into this mess and, and you're not going to drop one of your quarterbacks. They're too good to drop. So they're a roster clogger. You might start them once a year. Who knows? But now you're spending three roster spots in 25-man rosters. What are we doing? Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that could... And, and, and Katie's in a point of control because she only has one, you know, one good one or whatever. And it's like, so now you can pick and choose. And if you do, eh, that's how, that's how I was able to in a league. I traded like two late thirds for Aaron Rodgers. Well, because there's no market. I'm the only buyer. So that, that, that's actually a position of power, I would argue. Well, and here's another example for dynasty owners. You're not going to... They're not going to believe this. You and I are got in a startup. It was a 14 team super flex with a little small Debbie component. And we were just being handed quarterbacks in the startup draft left and right. So we stocked up. Good thing that we did. I mean, here it is, what, four or five years later. And I don't think that we have an entirely overwhelmingly strong position compared to others. But, you know, we were looking at people fading the position. And there's a guy that won the league that didn't have Two quarterbacks you could rub together with a set of quarters, and they won it with the strength of the rest of their position because they stocked up on running backs and wide receivers. There's more than one way to win in a super flex. You don't have to be the guy that has all the quarterbacks, and sometimes having all the quarterbacks minimizes your trade market, or like you said, you've got to let them go for a lot less than what they're worth, or their roster cloggers on your, and, and you've got less flexibility. So it can be a detriment if you're a quarterback quarter, even in the premium format. Uh, my first specific uh, data point for 2022 specifically is going to be having Deshaun Watson plan. Uh, frankly, if you've had Deshaun Watson since last year or since the spring, you've probably been thinking about it a little bit. And so we still don't know. It sounds like soon, but we think that we've, well, once we get the clarity, how many games is he suspended for the year? part of the year, none of the year, whatever happens, you need to have a plan. Now, the good news is Jacoby Brissett, cheap. 
you may have uh, an option like that. I'm specifically talking Superflex. We're kind of thrown one quarterback to the back burner here that the premium formats that just have a Watson plan. And your plan may be you're already covered. You know, you have two other starters. You may say, well, Watson's out for a couple months and I have another quarterback that's going to be in my QB1 spot. And to use the Katie Flower method, maybe that's not a second quarterback in your lineup. And well, you know, some middling quarterback might only be a few points per game better than what my non-quarterback flex in that option may be. But think through these scenarios. Am I going to think differently if he's out the whole year, half the year, a month, less? So, so really think this through. But no matter what, I think uh, you know Deshaun Watson is going to be such an infusion from especially if you've had him for a couple of years now of not having him. So that can be huge whenever he is back and playing, but have the plan of what you're going to do so that you're not super reactionary. Like here's what I'm going to be looking at if he's out for an extended time where I don't think I can band-aid it together and I want something a little more solid. Think that through now. And frankly, you still have plenty of time and you don't even week one you don't have to have that plan fully in place, but talk through the scenarios for yourself what plan A, plan B, and plan C would be. Right. And I think another quarterback that I would consider living on borrowed time, if you had him on your roster last year and it looked like he was going to retire, then all of a sudden he's back, and that's Tom Brady. He was uh, top quarterback, top five quarterback in fantasy scoring last year. I think he can do that again. But whether or not he does that, he was free. You thought he was retired. You kept him. You held on. And that's just a bonus. That's somebody you don't have to all of a sudden replace. And now, especially if it happens to be on that same Deshaun Watson roster, you've got a whole nother year of borrowed time with Tom Brady that you don't have to have any pressure on starting Deshaun Watson. Or maybe there was a rookie that you had. Maybe you got Zach Wilson last year as best player available wherever you were drafting and you were hoping that he was going to step up this year. Now with Tom Brady, not retiring, there's another whole year that you just bought of insert XYZ rookie that now you've got the pressure off. If the rookie does produce in year two, great. If they don't, you've still got a top five quarterback. Yeah, I, I, it's like we're we're reading off the same cue cards. I literally wrote Tom Brady as house money because we saw this with Drew Brees for the last two or three years. We've been with this on Brady for what five years now. I mean, it's been a while. But these older quarterbacks, and I think Aaron Rodgers, if he throws less than like thirty touchdowns this year, I mean. How far is he going to fall? I'm already looking forward to January, Katie, because Aaron Rodgers, he's QB, you know, 16, 17, 18. And he's going to fall into the 20s. At 39 years old, he's going to fall into the 20s. Philip Rivers, how many years did he give us at the end of viable? And I think, you know, Brady, Rodgers, these guys have more upside than some of those previous iterations than Matt Ryan, in my opinion. So, diving into that older bucket where people are assuming they're one year plays. And what's funny is, Brady right now, you're paying a one-year price, right? I mean, if he produces like a top five, top eight quarterback, he was well above that last year. I think some formats, he was QB1, QB2. He's throwing a truckload of passes. Arm fatigue, old arm. This isn't Brett Favre at 40-something. I mean, he's still slinging it. I mean, good Lord, if he gets Chris Godwin back early in the year and he doesn't go on pup or something. I mean, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded yet again. So 
I just think with, with guys like Brady and there's two or three others that are creeping in, Aaron Rodgers is the next one I'm watching, that just you've got to explore those angles. If these teams fall out of it, or if you can just hoard these type of options, and it doesn't mean you can't explore developmental options or younger options. Hey, I got Dak Prescott as my one. That's awesome. Imagine if you had Brady as your two. So I, I think that you, 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 know, you can have a core guy, but dealing with these older options in the periphery of your depth chart is really one way that I think it's 2022, but everyone wants to discount age. Everyone wants to assume that retirement is coming. But if you're paying the assumptive retirement the next offseason price, then anything else is gravy. And just going back to the first phrase, which is house money. So here's one of my sneaky trades for quarterback. And this can apply to dynasty. Um, and this is pretty much a dynasty super flex play, not at start one. But the, the difference between Derek Carr, who finished last season at QB 15, and Joe Burrow, who finished the season at QB 9, Joe Burrow is constantly going at QB 4 off the board in dynasty startups. And so if you can get that QB 4 value for Joe Burrow, and you trade for Derek Carr plus, what is really the difference between Derek Carr and Joe Burrow? There's not much. They both throw for the same amount of yards. Joe Burrow threw for more touchdowns, but now this year Derek Carr has his favorite college sweetheart back, Devontae Adams, and they're a, a running offense, but they've got a strong tight end in Darren Waller. They still have some other wide receivers besides Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams could really help Derek Carr put up more touchdowns. And th the difference is if Joe Burrow throws six less touchdowns and Derek Carr throws six more touchdowns, they're virtually even. And so, but I think that the gulf, the difference between the position, you could get a good plus on the side because the perception, Derek Carr's 31 years old. Joe Burrow's in his 20s. Okay, but really... If you, that's the perfect type of trade I'd be looking at. Yeah, I'm seeing some of these. I only found one specific burrow for car plus, but it was basically car in a first uh, was and, kind of the equivalent, or even first and a second uh, in terms of the players that were involved. And, and yeah, I, that that again cascades to my next point, which is who has been there and who is loaded. And the two guys that come to mind. Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. And they're guys that have been miring for a little bit. Russell Wilson had a quote-unquote bad last year. He's loaded with weapons. He's going to Denver. He's got a good run game. Everything's in line. On an efficiency basis, he's been outstanding in his career. Underrated in his career. Derek Carr, he's had an MVP-type season. They've been you know, kid-gloving him. You bring in Devontae Adams, you push everyone down that depth chart one peg, where they can't focus. I mean, last year, I remember it was like, oh, well, Darren Waller is a monster. And then it was like, Darren Waller's out. Oh, Hunter Renfro. Like they, at times, they had one guy in the passing game. Imagine Adams, Renfro, Waller. Who's, yeah. who's like, even if you have concerns about who's going to win, who's going to lose within their respective dynasty cost within that trio, who's going to win? Derek Carr. So I, I think Derek Carr, things are aligning. He has his best season in the NFL to date. And that includes the season, I think he finished QB 7, 8, 9, something like that uh, a few years ago, pushing for the Super Bowl. And then he got hurt, I think. And then they, they started some retread guy in the playoff and it was an S show, and, but NFL-wise. So I say, who has been there, done that, and who is loaded? 
Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, I think are key players to, if you have them, especially if they're your QB2, and they probably are in a lot of settings in premium, they could be the difference where you're starting two studs. And yet on paper, six months, 12 months ago, it did not look like that. Oh, exactly. And then you're also looking for guys that are overvalued based on what they've done. And that leads me to Trey Lance and Joe Burrow. And Trey Lance is being anointed before doing anything. If you do have faith in him, then I would say hold him. Um, He's he's got to prove it. They're saying he's got a strong arm besides the athleticism. We know all this. Yeah. Tell us something we don't know. Yeah, yeah they, they said that they were ready to give him the reins last year, but then they didn't. So I don't know. Uh, guys like him scare me. They scare the crap out of me. And I would not want to be going into this season with him as my QB1, relying on him being my QB1. I want to see it before right. I put my whole dynasty team on their on his shoulders. Being valued like a core QB2, asset. Yeah, Being valued like a core QB2, asset, but yet... Show it to me. I mean, that is not like I put the marker in the in the rankings. Risky core, and it's because the market views him as a core asset. Yet, he, where what has he done? I mean, he's he's thrown what like seventy passes in the NFL. Get out of here. Get to a thousand. Give us a thousand quality NFL throws, and we'll start to judge what's going on here and if you can be a core asset. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Katie, about Kyler Murray. Uh, so, my mind, what do you think about this new contract? He is required to study and not play video games. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on putting that into a... It's not really the back that brings up contract. It's, it's a hedge contract. It's a contract of, we don't want to get rid of you because we don't want to go in the quarterback wilderness, but we don't trust you. We want to treat you like a toddler saying, you better study for the test. Okay, Kyler? We don't just want you to go out there and play ragtag ball. Well, that not only is interesting, but I don't know if you saw the other language that's in that contract where they want him to run more. They've got incentives for him to run more. <laughs> and I didn't that, see that. Oh man. Well, so that makes it interesting. It's like, um, was he protecting himself a little too much, being a little bit too cautious? The other thing is, if you look back to Kyler Murray a year ago, he was deleting things on his Instagram. He was deleting the Arizona Cardinals off of all of his social media. It seems like the kid is immature. And I, I don't know seems. if he's a leader. <laughs> what? Seems like he's immature. Well, I, I mean, Come they got to put in his contract. Hey, you've got to study and you can't be distracted. by Your eyes can't be diverted. You can't thing. just be playing the thing, playing the video. And it, this is like homeschool, right? When when all of a sudden kids are, are taking classes at home, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. And I got the, the Zoom on mute, you know, and no video. And you're just sitting there like you could be doing anything. It's like, well, I showed up. Like, what right. are we? And like you said, he needs to run more. Well, we saw him get dinged up. So, and he's a completely different player. Completely. You hem him in. We saw that in the playoff game and, and other environments, but you get him not running around. He's an average, you always say average Joe. He's an average Kyler. I mean, you get him, he's, he's going to finish deep into the QB twos. If you get him non-running, just as a passer, Tom Brady finished like one not running. <laughs> so there's a huge chasm and difference between some of these mobile quarterbacks that frankly haven't built the resume of at some point, I say it every year, three to four times a year, Greg Cosell says at some point, you're going to have to sit there and through the timing and rhythm of an NFL offense, deliver 
on time through the execution of the play from the pocket. That phrase is a scary thing for guys like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. These are things that they're deep, uh, frankly, they're deep into their career. We've had enough data points to say big time questions. We said this about Cam Newton. When is that going to happen? And then you see the rushing erode a little bit. And all of a sudden, the fantasy calculus changes because they can't win. So that's why you want the guy that can win. And that's why I look at guys like Russell Wilson. He ran plenty. Justin Herbert can run a lot. Dak Prescott, he can run. Deshaun Watson can run. But these guys can win. Josh Allen can win from the pocket. Mahomes, that's why those guys to me are just in a different strata than the other concerning guys. And Kyler Murray, I mean, I will say, I imagine in NFL terms, it would be really tough because you got a guy and you're like, we got some questions, but we know he's better than just, why don't they trade him though? Could you not trade Murray for another quarterback that maybe you don't have these same level of concerns about? Well, I suppose that you could, but for some reason... There's not many that are available. I mean, would you trade him for Goff plus plus? Like, is that an actual deal that could be done in the NFL? I don't know. These are yeah. I I just think it's a toxic relationship between the two. I don't know that it's going to get better. How do you put that hand-holding stuff in a contract? And then, like, how do you think that's going to make both sides feel? Because, well, here's the thing you say, right? Either someone's a worker or they're not. Yeah. So do you think you could just flip the switch and Kyler Murray is going to be like, well, it's in my contract, so I'm going to be a good little boy. Like, do you, if you haven't been doing that at he in his mid twenties, you haven't done that to this point in your life, and now from ages twenty five to thirty, you're suddenly going to do it. That's a, that. Right. Yeah. What are we talking about here? That's not going to drastically change. That's like if you told me, like, imagine the massive transition where it's just like, oh yeah, tomorrow you're starting, you're starting dynasty basketball. Nope, football doesn't exist. No, you're just gonna. You're just no. Just you just start start doing it. It's like uh, I spent zero minutes, like and, and like you're gonna have the same. No, you're gonna have the same passion for it. And you're just gonna do it because I told you to. What? No, that's just not gonna happen. So I, I just this doesn't. I don't know how this ends. But Kyler well, Murray aggressively valued. Aggressively valued is all I'll say. Yeah, and. <laughs> He's got his number one wide receiver that's suspended for the first half of the year, basically. Yeah. And yes, he's really bringing his friend from college. I'm sure that's going to go well. I want Marquise Brown. Why? We're we're a good uh, video game team. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or something. And and, oh, man, I just this is the type of risk stuff. I, I we mentioned the non-zero percent chance of what if he things don't go well in the NFL and he goes to baseball. That was kind of a snarky, funzy thing that we t- we, we I mentioned years ago. But again, this is a guy that really hasn't committed one way or to another, you know, on various things. Like, is he all in? Does he strike you as a guy? That, and, and frankly, this is the one position, the one sport you have to be completely all in. You just have to be. It's non-negotiable. Yep. Oh, oh, the last thing I was going to say about him is you might, we might have different concerns about this player, but we don't have these types of concerns about working, leadership, all this type of stuff about Jalen Hurts. Just to put two guys together. Right. Still might have questions about him as an NFL passer, but Jalen Hurts, the leader, Jalen Hurts set the example, Jalen Hurts, the worker, don't have these questions. This would not be an asterisk on the contract of Jalen Hurts. It just wouldn't be. So anyway, 
Is it weird that I'm sneaky? Like I think things could go sneaky well for Jalen Hurts this year. You think sneaky well? Yeah. No, I I think they could. I think he he for sure has shown potential. And I I've mentioned back in his time at Alabama, he's a stick-to-itive type guy. He works hard. He is a leader, but that can only take you so far. Right. He has developed uh, a bit each time. He hasn't had that huge development like the Josh Allen offseason, but he's got some great weapons around him. And- Jalen Hurts is the one guy that if you told me, like I have a completely different view on redraft than Dynasty. You can be as aggressive as you want on Jalen Hurts and redraft, and I think you have to have a decent amount of pause in Dynasty. And, but he's the one guy that if he comes out and he's top three quarterback in fantasy, you shouldn't really be su- that surprised. And you would assume if he's top three in, dy- in scoring, then I guess he has a, you know, more job security going into next year. But maybe those things aren't absolutely connected. That's it the depends real. On the wins. It, wh- whether he keeps his job, it depends on the wins and losses. Yep. The NFC East. And, and did he do it and progress off. through the air? Right. Because right? if he does it all right, if he runs for a, th- if he does a Michael Vick and runs for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns and passing is still a major question mark and the Eagles are out in the first round of the playoffs or miss the playoffs, then there you go. There's your perfect storm of big time fantasy producer and things did not get better from job security and what they're likely to do in the offseason. Blake Bortles was a big time fantasy producer. That's true. And he didn't win. And and now people don't even, I, I think some dynasty owners that haven't been playing for very long would have to Google who is Blake Bortles. <laughs> who is Blake Bortles? Yeah. They might Oh, like, was he that backup that one time and <laughs> with the Rams for seven seconds? All right. Katie, do you have any other points? I wanted to, I did want to go through a few of these quarterback centric trades. Um, just as far as uh, potential breakout, I think that Trevor Lawrence is in that right mix because he's got a new coach. He's got more weapons. Uh, I think it's a much better situation. And I, I still trust the talent. So I think of all yeah. the second year players, I think he's got the more likelihood uh, of a, a real strong season. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a good reminder. I'm going to do a series on this at UTH, but the three guys I earmarked as sort of having huge bounce backs or breakout years last year were Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert taking another step forward from a good rookie season, and then Joe Burrow. What are the common elements? First of all, strong pedigree for all of them. Stafford left a bad situation and then went to one of the best in the NFL. So that was relatively easy to see. And then Herbert, again, already being good. Joe Burrow already showing signs in year one, and they were both in year two. And just to give a teaser there, so I, th- I had um, as guys that have a stink on them and things could be better this year, and it's not necessarily they have to finish in the top five or something, but Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan did not finish well last year, kind of left for dead. Good system there with the Colts. Let's see how things go. And then Jameis Winston signs last year. He's been good in the past. I think he's in the perfect situation. I guess Sean Payton being there would only make would be the only way to make it better. Healthy Michael Thomas would help as well. But and then the other one I put is Jalen Hurts. When you look at he's already shown signs and it could be the perfect storm building around him. The anti Justin Fields, as I call the Eagles situation, Zach Wilson and some of these where they do everything in their power to help their quarterback. And then you see some situations like Chicago where they go, nah, not really for us. We hope that he could just turn into Superman or this year isn't that important. All right, let's get to a few quarterback centric trades here. So Baker Mayfield off the heels of being traded 
now a chance to start this year. Figured he would find some opportunity where at least it would be uh, maybe an unsettled depth chart. Baker Mayfield and a 23 second for Ezekiel Elliott. I'd probably rather have the Baker Mayfield and Superflex side. Okay. Um, I would go with Zeke just because I think you're more likely to get a couple high impact years. That second, I don't like giving up, but if you're competing, uh, you know, I think it's, it's certainly palatable. We'll see how many starts Baker gets you. Um, I do think you'll beat out uh, Darnold, and I do think that weapon-wise, it's a pretty good situation there. All right. Big deal involved. We got Josh Allen and Austin Eckler being dealt for Deshaun Watson. Got 101 this year, yet to draft. And then two firsts next year. Ooh. Oh, that makes it tough. That's a lot. That is a yeah. lot of ammo. It is. Um, I think the only way that you lose that trade is if Deshaun Watson is suspended for life. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. When I first saw this deal, I was like, oh my God, it's Allen and Eckler. But then you see all the firsts on the other side. I mean, one and 101. We're not talking about 109 this right. year. Right. You're getting, you're getting a top 25 asset. And we'll see you know, uh, how that works out. But yeah, once Watson plays, I mean, this thing shifts like a boomerang. All right, we've got Tua, a second, and a third for Devontae Adams. Where are you on the Tua market value? And is he going to be someone that elevates this year? The market's already elevating. Yeah, I think he's middle of the road. I don't know that he's ever going to be a superstar. I don't know that he's ever going to be a dud. I think he's middle of the road. If I'm a contender, I think I'd rather still just keep Devontae Adams um, is that the, is that when you say middle of the road? Is that a dangerous place to be with a young quote unquote younger quarterback in Superflex? To if you don't see much of a ceiling, because you can get floor from veterans worth you know half the price of Tua. Right. No, it's it's not a dangerous place to be. It's just that it's a place where you can buy. They're a dime a dozen. They're easier to obtain. Right. And so unless you think that he's going to be a perennial top. 10 guy. Right. And I don't think he will be. I think it's just going to be a good average. I think he'll settle into being a good average NFL quarterback. And that's not a knock. That's not a bad thing. That's not many guys can do that. But for fantasy, I don't think it moves the needle enough. I think it's more of a risky trade. I'd rather have the Adam side, even with his age. Yeah. I think a younger quarterback, the risk is does the team feel that way? Because we've already seen Miami think that other than quarterback, they're good. They have a chance to go deep. If they get the quarterback play that they're seeking, they feel like the rest of the team is there. And they bring in Tyreek Hill, another move. But they've been in on a lot of these quarterbacks, quietly, maybe not so quietly, trying to get one. And that means they're looking. They're looking around. I guarantee you there's plenty of teams in the NFL not looking around because they have their guy. So that's the thing that you would worry about if Tua puts up a QB 17 season, a QB 22 season, a QB 19 season. And all of a sudden it's 2024, 2025. And it's like, you know, they're dabbling around. They're not all in. They haven't given him the supermax, you know, stuff like that. Or they, they find themselves a trade and now Tua is looking like he's got to leave Baker Mayfield style, right? Oh, you're, you're here, but we got somebody else. All right. We got Russell Wilson and TJ Hawkinson for Kyle Pitts and a second. 
It is tight and premium. Okay. Russell Wilson and TJ Hawkinson. You know, I had an interesting question with uh, someone the other day. We were talking about how long does it take Kyle Pitts to have a better fantasy scoring season than Mark Andrews? Because they're everyone that has Pitts higher. Right. How long are you waiting? He's younger. Obviously, you know, he's got a big ceiling. Things could work out really, really well. But Andrews, it's not like Andrews is 33. I mean, is it Andrews could outscore him the next two years? He could. Three years. Well. I mean, this is and and if Pitts is five points per game less this year and he costs more. Anyway, ancillary, because we were talking about Hawkinson. But yeah, Russell Wilson, this is a smash. Yeah. Um all right, we got uh I'll do this one. Justin Fields for DJ Moore and 107 this year. Say it again. Justin Fields. Justin Fields for DJ Moore and 107 this season. I think it's a fair. I think it's fair trade. Um, would you be would, if Fields was your QB two right now? Would you be looking to do this? And as you said, I mean, just kind of figure out quarterback outside of this deal, say, I got good value. 107, you could certainly trade for something. You could just draft best player available, deal for something else plus a 23 first. You have a lot of flexibility there. Yeah, I, I lean towards the DJ Moore and the first okay. side just because I think each piece could be tradable potentially. Um, Moore has a pretty good floor too. I, I mean, I think there's ceiling we haven't seen with him. I think it'll be better with Baker and... I, I don't know. I think this comes down to if you don't believe in fields, there's a lot of risk in holding him this season. He has that appeal. He has that shine. I don't think a lot of people have caught up to how bad it could be with Chicago this year. It could be pretty bad. And if he is out there in QB2 land and they are a stinky team, they're going to be high up in the draft order. So I, I don't know. To me, he's a tough hold. When you can get two, basically two first rounders, and DJ Moore is probably worth a plus on top of that. So, all right, Katie, uh, final thoughts here as we close up the books. We got uh, we're eight, nine days away from preseason game actually occurring. But man, my news has just exploded the past few days with the NFL finally waking up from hibernation. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've been watching NFL Network pretty much nonstop. It's like. <laughs> just an overload it's great i can't wait nine days whatever the for the first set of preseason games i'm looking forward to seeing what they've got and veterans reported today so everybody's at training camp that should be a training camp except for those that are holding out i don't i didn't see any big major fantasy football people holding out that make any impact but uh very very much looking forward to it ready to go yep uh i want to end with actually i'll mention the uh, uth um subscriber contest best ball contest that i will be putting that together i've already got a couple questions uh it's a massive uh thing i put together in august you don't build your team till early september so there's not a big rush on that but uh uh, usually, you know, go through the super fans, and I have to make some sort of strict black and white criteria to uh, to be able to get an invite for that. So look for that uh, in the next month or so if you're on the uh, the super fan list at Patreon.com/slash/uth uh, GM plus subscriber. All those types of things uh, will be in the mix to uh, to get your entry spot. Compete against Jordan, Tim, Katie, and myself in that on an annual basis. And I also want to give some thoughts and prayers. Uh, you may or may not. 
I would say probably not be hearing uh, Tim Torch on the, the, the patron stuff this week because uh, this morning, as we're recording this on Tuesday, um, his mom went to the hospital. So thoughts and prayers with, with him, family first, as I always, anytime he says something, you know, related to, to uh, you know, that the schedule might be in doubt. Um, it's, you know, I always lead with family first and do what you got to do. And, you know, I'm just a joker with a microphone and it's not really a big deal. You know, it's not going to move the needle uh, one way or another. So uh, figure that out. Might be a solo show. Might record later in the week, whatever. Um, but uh, hopefully Tim's family um, is doing well and uh, on the road to, uh, you know, hopefully it was just a scare or something that is uh, is solvable and not something of the longer variety there. So hopefully Tim Torch and uh, Torch family ends up, uh, you know, doing better and improving as we go along here. So Katie Flower at FF underscore Skyler 399. I am at Chad Parsons NFL on Twitter. You want to reach out to her, uh, get some strategy talk for your redraft leagues, your dynasty leagues coming up to these critical weeks leading up to week one. I'm Chad Parsons again, UTHDynasty.com. And until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. 